Hey friends, welcome to Wrestle Buddies, Game Spouse Wrestling Podcast filled with wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I'm your host, Matt Elfring, and with me at some point is Chris Hayner. We have a little something to talk about this week before the show actually kicks off. There were audio problems afoot, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe it. It has only happened to us like every other week. Uh, Chris is out of town recording, and his audio sounded... Hold on. This is what his audio sounds like. I just, I'm going to play you a clip of what his audio recorded at his, where he's staying at sounds like, and then I'll explain what's going on in a second. Uh, uh, so later in the show, we're going to we're presenting a segment with zero planning at all. That is 100% sent spun off action as last, last week, uh, of to come up with, with like a job. Gimmick. Yeah. He sounds like Max Hedrum and Normally we would re-record, um, but it's super duper late. And also the magic we captured in that segment he's talking about is really good. And we can't recapture that. So we're just going to make it work with this secondary audio recording we have where there's no Max Hedrumness. It's all cool. Uh, I was supposed to say this is editing, Matt. I didn't even say that. Uh, Chris wanted everybody to know that he's sorry and he genuinely feels bad. He shouldn't. It happens. This is a good episode, so enjoy Zoom audio call recordings. Bye. We have a a, a tasting menu this evening. Ooh, it's yes, a great we do. Menu. Um, please have a seat. Uh, we'll be with some sparkling water for you shortly. Uh, Chris, can you tell us what is on this tasting menu this evening? Matt, I'm not going to lie. I thought you'd forgotten about the food metaphor when you started talking about eBay, and I was like, oh, it's done. Instead, you set it up as take a seat. It sounds like it's going to be the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Things are going to get crazy. The dishes are going to serve as food. Take okay. a seat. Take a seat. It's a <laughs> wrestling fest and feast. Uh, so later in the show, we're going to, we're presenting a new <laughs> segment with zero planning at all. That is 100% spun off a question asked last week uh, of to come up with like a, a job gimmick. Uh, for a wrestler, mm-hmm. what we've done is we've spun this into Pitch Fest 2000. Uh, Pitch have Fest 2000. Lightning bolt sounds. Uh, we have a we have a wheel, a spinning wheel with a bunch of different eras on it from pro wrestling. And whatever the wheel lands on, Matt and I are gonna pitch off the top of our heads a character that should, would exist in that era. I don't know how this is gonna work um, because I don't know about you, Matt. I haven't really thought about any of them for any of them. Chris, uh, the idea that I was kind of thinking about, because again, I was in the uh, in the shower this morning thinking about this. That's where I do all my segment ideas. Apparently, it's in the shower. Uh, I'd like to describe the character and have us cut a promo or segment as that character. Oh my god! I didn't realize I was going to have to also perform. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 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 Everything I this. come up with is a performative piece. But anyway, that's happening later. Um, I have one idea that like but it's very dependent on hitting a certain part of the wheel that's we'll the problem that's we'll why this is so hard because you you can't come up with eight characters before the show yeah you shouldn't come up with any before the show but it, i mean i got one in mind but it all it depends on landing on a certain area i might not land there we'll see this is going to be interesting uh but before that before we get to this very avant-garde nutty part of our show we're talking about one of my favorite uh mid aughts pieces of wwe lore and it's the time kevin fetterline joined the wwe like you probably like myself like many people our age we were all in roughly i don't know the exact time i'm gonna say 2003 2004 addicted to a song called popo zow and the video mtv played of uh, one k fed playing the song for the reporters and being way too into it. So here's what <laughs> I remember that video. It's a Brazilian boosh. I can still do like the po, 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 zao, po, po, zao. Like yep. I, still, I still know the movements. Okay, so let me set the stage for you. First of all, it's 2006, Matt, not 2003. Um, yeah, well, you're close. You're very close. close. Uh, Kevin Federline, for those who somehow don't remember, was Britney Spears' uh, backup dancer turned britney spears husband turned public enemy number one for supposedly corrupting britney spears i guess uh they got married they had kids 
uh, he decided to launch a rap career in the middle of all this, which is when we got the beloved Popo's Al. Brazilian uh, bum shaker. Uh, but to promote the album, which was coming out on Halloween Day, 2006, October 31st, uh, he made some appearances with WWE as the A-list Hollywood friend of Johnny Nitro and Molina, the MN of MNM. Uh, Mercury was gone at this point. Chris, if you don't, I just want to jump in really quick. I, I think this is under fair use. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to go back to that MTV thing for a second. I just want to give you a little taste of what Kevin Federline is like. Just like a few hot seconds. Just so, because you might not know him. You might be younger and not know who Kevin Federline is. But if I just give you a little taste of him introing his own song, I think it'll speak for itself. The single is Popo Zao. This is a uh, Brazilian ass shaker right here. Can I say that? Right on. Brazilian. So that that is what we're dealing with. Uh, <laughs> Great. That is... I love it so much. I I want everybody to see that video. It's so funny. Uh, if we should we should track it down and link it. Uh, oh, I know exactly where it is. It's one of my favorites on YouTube. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just your homepage. When you open your browser, that video <laughs> pops up. Um, so yeah, that is who Kevin Federline was. To set the stage for WWE at the time, uh, this was when D-Generation X, uh, the middle-aged version that uh, pointed at their belly buttons a lot, uh, was feuding with the newly formed rated RKO. Uh, on Kevin Federline's first episode of Raw, which was October 16th, 2006, uh, that show is opened by rated rko really sticking it to dx dx style we all remember of course dx dressing up in blackface to be the nation of domination that wasn't great uh but to open up this show uh rated rko dressed up as dx uh randy orton as Shawn michaels dancing around like a goon uh edge as triple h spitting water everywhere uh, and then they were interrupted by the actual DX. And Sean says, before we get to this, I just got to know, Hunter, do I look that stupid when I come to the ring? <laughs> and Triple H says, Sean, I'm not going to lie to you. And then he just starts talking to Randy Orton. And Edge. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually a fun comedy bit. Uh, anyway, so Kevin Federline appears as the guest of Nitro and Molina. He talks about how awesome he is. Uh, this I should note, this is one month before Britney Spears filed for divorce. Ooh. Yes. Oh, He's one month out from getting, uh, getting a divorce papers uh, delivered to him. Uh, the world hated K-Fed because of his connection to Britney Spears. Uh, he, and he leaned into it. He was actually kind of a perfect heel. He he demanded that the audience stop booing Nitro and Molina. He talked about how awesome he was. And he, he also said, you treat them with the respect they deserve. Uh, which the audience did not, did not reply in kind. It was, a, it was a lot of like, it was a lot of heel heat. Yeah. Uh, Q, master of the universe, John Cena, WWE champion. He is the, currently the, the WWE champion on Raw. Uh, Booker T is the world heavyweight champion on SmackDown. And yes, the big show is the ECW champion on ECW. At when this point. I think hardcore, extreme, mm-hmm. or. Well, oh, it's a big show. It's Paul White from AEW. <laughs> so after K Fed, Nitro, and Melina berate the audience for a while, Q John Cena. Master of the Universe comes out to save the day. He, this is that this is that weird time where, like John Cena was the good guy hero, but he's also still doing the rap thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. And naturally, K Fed is America's foremost rapper at this moment, so John yeah. Cena has he has to rap him. So he insult raps all three of them and ends it with, "If K Fed wasn't around, I'd be spearing Britney." Mm. Mm. that is not cool anyway he then clears the ring (laughs) cool uh 
this is essentially just this is essentially kicking off what you would think would be a mini feud with John with I almost called him John Morrison. How dare I? Johnny Nitro at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one week later, he's set to fight John Cena. K-Fed accompanies him to the ring. John Cena wins because he's John Cena, and then he chases K-Fed up the ramp. It's fine. That it just seems like the end. Yeah, but Matt, this is not the end. This no. is all. So okay. A week after this second appearance, K-Fed's album Playing With Fire comes out and the world can bring Popo's Zao home with them. They don't. Uh, all told, it, the album sold about 16,000 copies. I know one person that bought it. Is it you? No, it's not me. My buddy Sean likes to buy celebrity albums. Like it's a what, big... about, what about non-celebrity albums? Oh, you mean like Jesse Camp and the 8th Street Kids? Oh my God! Remember Jesse Camp, yeah. the weirdo from MTV. I have sto- Chris. I'm going to tell you stories. Uh, maybe not today. Uh, first of all, I have the album. Second of all, he was in a band with my old bassist, who I hang out with all the time. We might and have talked about this before. I we've feel talked like we've about had this. a Jesse Camp talk before. Like yeah, like Jesse Camp was in my like group of friends for a little while, and it was <laughs> weird. It's hilarious when you look at his high school yearbook photo, and he's like the most prim and proper young man. And then you realize what he is on MTV. He's like, I had good going. It's gotta go skid row. All right. <laughs> that is actually a really good. If you guys don't know Jesse Camp, who won like the MTV I Want to Be a VJ contest along with Dave Holmes. Oh, yeah. Dave Holmes, still who works in, you know, as an entertainment. Yeah. Ho- yeah Dave Holmes, who uh, was good at his job and then uh, segued into a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Camp. Not great at his job, but a really fun sideshow to look at for a while. And then yes. I don't know where he's at now, honestly. <laughs> I I do. Uh, Is it not great? No, not great. The, okay. the guy the, the guy who fixes my guitars and like uh, who owns a music store down the street with me was also in a band with Jesse Camp. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and we tell Jesse Camp stories. Were either of your friends in the Eighth Street Kids? No, 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 no. That's no, no. a bummer. That was a. Uh, he had an that, album. Like, it's actually time. funny. It's. I, I know. Just, it's just so weird. Like, what an anomaly of like the nineties. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, anyway. K-Fed's album comes out. Uh, it is universally panned by the critics because it's trash. Uh, it sells sixteen thousand copies, and then his wife files for divorce. <laughs> um, like, it's oh. not a great time for K-Fed. But WWE starts promoting a New Year's Day bout. John Cena versus Kevin Federline on the January 1st edition of Monday Night Raw. Uh, uh, a, a night that Jim Ross has since gone on record on his podcast to say that he was annoyed to have to do it. He wanted to, <laughs> I guess, go to a football game or something instead of working on a Monday because it's a holiday. I understand, but also I don't understand. Like, that. that's wrestling. So we get to the January 1st edition to Raw. K-Fed versus John Cena kicks off the show. So it's, it is the first WWE match of the year 2007. John Cena comes to the ring as he does. He's still champion. He, at this point, is in a feud with Umaga, who he's going to face at New Year's Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, but cut to K-Fed. K-Fed comes out, obviously, with Johnny Nitro in his corner. K-Fed is wearing a big, elaborate boxing robe which says Team Federline on the back, and it has, like, Everlast patches on it, as if he's a boxer. Uh, and I know what you're thinking, Matt. So he's probably wearing, like, like a, like for his ring attire, probably, like, boxer's shorts and, like, taped fists and everything. No, his ring attire is just the same thing he wears all the time, which is a white T-shirt and jorts and sneakers. He doesn't, like, he, he doesn't change his clothes. Even Meriwether, when, when Meriwether... Fought big show. The way you say Mary Weather sounds funny. Mary Weather. Floyd Merriweather. A money, a Mary Weather. He wore different attire in his match. He sure why, did. Why can't you wear different attire in your. Like, if you're going to take part in wrestling, like, take part in wrestling, you know? I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's doing, he's just taking a cue from John Cena, who cut all of his promos in jorts and wrestled in jorts. He is kind of like this weird poor man's John Cena. Like poor, poor man's John Cena. I mean, yeah, he's not in Suicide Squad or the Peacemaker television series. Or anything. That we know of. Like, who knows? 
What if he plays mini Peacemaker? That'd be great. He just <laughs> follows. He just follows Jodera going like, "You get him, Peacemaker. We're really gonna show those bad guys who's boss." Peace. Cut to Kevin Federline in his jorts and a white T-shirt. He's fighting John Cena one on one. He's Matt. He's the perfect heel. Uh, he he starts the match by kicking John Cena in the groin, and then and then just like like showboats the audience about how awesome he is while John Cena writhes in pain. Uh, then John Cena comes out of it. He grabs him for not an AA, an FU, because at the time his move was called the FU. Because it's edgy, ruthless aggression. Uh, then, but. Cut to Umaga. Umaga comes in, beats up John Cena, beats the snot out of John Cena, hits him with the title belt, hits him with a Samoan spike, uh, and then John Cena is out. So K-Fed crawls over and le- lays down on him in the cockiest way possible. Matt, his he he rests his elbow across John Cena's chest like he's posing on top of him and, and gets the three count. It's amazing uh and that's the end of the match backstage he's celebrate he's he's you know britney's filed for divorce now so he's celebrating with some some champagne and some lovely ladies on his arm uh with with nitro and you'd think that's the end of the story it's gotta be it's not it's not john cena is not done tonight matt because the coach comes in the coach who is the assistant general manager to whoever was general manager at the time i'm assuming eric bischoff yeah the coach comes in and he says i've got an idea for a match a four-on-one handicap match it's going to be john cena in his second match of the night versus umaga versus johnny nitro versus uh the coach himself and the fourth (laughs) person is umaga's manager armando estrada for some reason they're like, who else can we throw into this match? So that's the main event. It's John Cena versus four people, uh, only two of which are actually wrestlers. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the main event. Uh, K-Fed, before the match, comes out to cut a promo on how awesome he is and how he cool. told everyone he was going to beat John Cena. And then he beat John Cena and he calls John Cena punk, everything. And then he ends this with his line, Cena, I can see you but you can't see me. Oh, so you, you just said, I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So then, but then he's, he's not done. He goes over and he's, he's going to be on color commentary for this match. Oh, cool. I bet that went well, Chris. It actually isn't bad. Oh, like okay. he's doing a lot of like talking about how awesome he is and how he, and I quote beat John Cena's ass earlier tonight. Uh, it, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, is he the best on commentary? No, of course not. But he's not bad. It's just lots of taunting, which is fine. Especially since, like I said before, he is a weirdly amazing heel. Mm-hmm. Like, it works so well. Because the people people hate him based on the public perception of him in the media. So, like, I look at a lot of the raw guest stars of the past when WWE had a new celebrity every week, people like Jeremy Piven. I feel like the world doesn't like, the world hasn't liked Jeremy Piven since roughly forever. PCU, I think. Yeah. Um, But when Jeremy Piven comes to be the raw guest host, he's super playing up like, I'm having fun. We're going to, he doesn't know the names of, he doesn't know the names of anything. Yeah. Uh, He called SummerSlam Summerfest was the big thing i remember uh what was the name of it was it mike adamley who came on and said uh, <laughs> yeah from american gladiators jeff mike harvey adamley. jeff harvey <sighs> jumping jeff harvey <laughs> uh but but i will say this kfed seemed to have done his research like he's talking to jr he's calling him jr that's already miles ahead of some of the people that are like hey there jimmy uh jimmy ross uh are you you john are you john ross john ross Ross. good old john ross um it's it's a fine match it's it's exactly what you expected to be for a match it it, john cena loses by disqualification when he wallops umaga twice in the head with a chair which is very difficult to watch now 
um because that would never happen now and he hits and it's hard they are hard shots to the head uh and then he clears the ring he gives the fu to johnny nitro he gives the fu to coach and then this is the fastest I've ever seen John Cena move, Matt. He darts out of the ring to the commentary table, grabs K-Fed and throws him in the ring. <laughs> like I've never seen, I've never seen a human move this fast. It, it was like he, it, it was like he grabbed the, uh, the, the, the sneaker from the Sonic the Hedgehog games mm-hmm. and something is like, do, 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 do. That's my sound effects for this episode. I liked it. Thank you. Uh, he gives K-Fed an FU. K-Fed sells it like a champion. Like, it's great. It's actually really well done. It's, 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 uh, it ha- we see a lot of times not great uses of celebrities in wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. Uh, a lot of what WCW did and some of what WWE did. I'd say, uh, actually, I'd say about 50% for every, for both companies on that. 50% I think the most agree the, for me, like, I think Carl Rodman and Dennis, Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman were good. I'd Jay Leno was bad. terrible. But Jay Kiss Leno stuff. was good for mainstream appeal. But they're yeah, yeah, but, but, but yes, but watching, but what believing that Jay Leno could put up a fight against Hulk no, Hogan no, no, is no. insane. Yeah. Like the, what, and, and the same goes for the Kiss stuff. The same goes for the David Arquette stuff. Like it's just not, it's fine, but it's not great. Uh, what worked here is that like there was no there was no effort put in to make Kevin Federline look like a good fighter. Yeah. All he all he did was take the pin when someone else beat up John Cena. He like he perfect was, heel. He was just straight up sneaky heel, which yeah. is always a great heel. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I, 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 I do want to note all the reports at the time were that Kevin Federline was really, really well liked backstage. He was super game to do stuff. He was very respectful and he's very nice to everyone, which I think we can all agree that probably doesn't happen all the mm-hmm. time with the celebrity guests. I'm sure I know it happens with some of them, but like there are some that that's probably not the case. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, ultimately John Cena hits K-Fed with the FU. The crowd goes freaking insane. And that is all she wrote for Kevin Federline in WWE. Even though at one point, you know how we love Dave Meltzer, Matt, uh Meltzer we claimed <laughs> no that was sarcasm uh Meltzer claimed that like WWE is looking to use Federline in a more regular role that never came to pass no but you know it's probably for the best it's, I think it's be- it's very believable that piece of news yeah. considering how they're using Bad Bunny right now who has a Wrestlemania match against them yeah he's on the card <laughs> you know what I'm into it. it yeah into it. I like Bad Bunny that's the thing like there is a right way to do celebrity things and it's about not hot shotting it it's like give it a build that's what they did for k-fed he showed up in october he didn't wrestle until january like they were snooki which i actually liked how they use snooki a lot i did like snooki on the mania card and bad bunny's been in and around WWE for a few months now like yeah these are things that they make sense to me like there are there are when it when it is planned out and you have a story to tell and it's not just the spectacle of look who's here like that works for me well i think it used to be the spectacle the spectacle of look who's here in the 80s and early 90s but yeah when it's like cindy lopper is here everybody mixer t is in a boxing match against roddy piper it's like oh we are okay we're doing that yeah and that's after mr t was in a tag team match with hulk hogan yeah like that's why Bad Bunny's there because he is he has a crossover audience of non wrestling fans that he can that he can bring into the product. I had never heard of him before this, and I had heard of him, but I had no idea how popular he was. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Also, my my fingers are not on the pulse of what's cool and haven't been for nineteen to twenty years. So your fingers are on the pulse of what's cool in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Like you guys want to talk about Jenko jeans and corn. Y'all know about Y2K though? <laughs> Y'all know about Y2K? I'd love to start a podcast where we just talk about Y2K every week. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when people were buying all the water at the grocery store, you oh idiots? Oh my god. I remember what I quick quick side story. Uh New Year's Eve 1999, I'm at a party and at midnight the power goes out. <laughs> 
and we, <laughs> and we thought this was the end. And I was on the West Coast. We knew that it hadn't happened anywhere else in the world. We're like the last people to get the New Year. Yeah. I still thought something was going down. But in reality, like a squirrel had climbed onto a wire or something and just knocked out power in the neighborhood. I think that was... I believe that was the night of my first kiss with my wife. Aww. Yeah. That's so cute. Was it 98? I can't did remember. Did you knock it. out power in my neighborhood? Yeah, I did. I was the squirrel! Matt Anyway, that's K-Fed's WWE run. Like, I, 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 I encourage you to go find it on the peak the net the wwe network on peacock uh and give it a watch because there's some fun stuff in there yeah there's they're slowly bringing stuff over to peacock right now it'll be up it supposedly everything from everything they want to bring over from the network will be there by SummerSlam. um except maybe some uh, insensitive material insensitive material has been cut already i have already hit up nbc universal and wwe asking about this and have not received comments back okay. so um i will say this about peak uh, wwe and peacock i'm glad it's there um they really need to work on the menus because finding things is uh very problematic to start off with yeah it's hard it'll get there it'll, it'll get, get there, there. <laughs> oh it is time chris we mm-hmm. are we are going to take a trip down the path of creativity down to cobb county georgia respect the law and order chris i'm gonna do hard time hard time look at that chris i shared my oh you're sharing the wheel with me okay can i can i can i just explain to people what's on here well well, first we should explain what you're doing it's called pitch fest 2000 i think or pitchathon i don't remember what it was 2000 uh last week uh a fancy boy asked us to talk about what was it what was the question or pick a wrestler from a certain era or no no, no. it wanted us to pitch our idea for a, a job gimmick wrestler like yes. duke, like a duke the dumpster drozzy or a the goon yes or an irs etc and and then we took that and made a whole segment out of it uh where we have a magic wheel in front of us and uh, we will spin it it has different eras on it and we will oh. have to come up with a wrestler for that specific era and how to promo for that person i'm i'm, I'm gonna say matt some of these are difficult let yeah. me let, let, let me run through them let's run uh, through it there's the golden era 1982 to 1993 that is the era of the hulk hogan's and the ultimate warriors of the world we're, we're not going anything prior to 82 because we're kind of like we're talking more about global wrestling wwf like yeah otherwise it's like okay here's strong man jack dempsey yeah. jack dempsey's an actor but <laughs> no but his name is also strong man jack dempsey yeah uh after that we have the new generation uh the 93 1993 1997 which you will know of course as the job gimmick era yeah and also the era where kevin nash is world champion uh then we have the attitude era 1997 to 2001 this one's this next one's difficult the invasion era of 2001 2002 it's literally a year what or what here's what the is thing an invasion era wrestler so i actually put that on there kind of as a funny weird joke in a in a uh also a i hope we don't get this area uh-huh. because the invasion era really isn't a thing but like there was a whole year in wwe programming where like wcw invading was the biggest storyline yeah it's it's strange it's like it's almost as if we're playing russian roulette here <laughs> yeah this is russian roulette uh, then Ruthless Aggression, 2002 to 2008. The PG era, 2008 to 2013. The Reality era of 2014 to 2016. And of course, the current era, which has no name, uh, 2016 to present uh, in the Thunderdome. I would So I'd like to point out that the Reality era, mm-hmm. WWE tried to brand that as the WWE Universe era or whatever they were calling it yeah um but it's very obviously like that's when reality tv was kind of booming for wwe and they kind of bled over into their programming but like i can't even de- i can't even define what the reality era is like what were some of the characters in the reality era um it's kind of the end of the um it's it's the transition for women i call this like, okay i yeah. call it the new new generation era yeah okay 
Okay. And then the current era, which at this time, I don't think has like a solid backbone aside from like, I guess it'd be like the equal opportunity era. I, I don't know what to, uh, everyone is equal era. I, I mean, because women have almost as much, not almost, but they're getting there, but are having better standing compared to the, the male superstars. They're getting WWE. main events. They're getting yes. gimmick matches. They're getting all the good stuff. It's interesting. I, uh, oh, I, man, some of these are going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Like Leon Ruff. Hey. See what I did there, Matt? I made a funny wrestle joke. So, Chris, here we go. Um, I should probably flip a coin to see who goes first, but coins are meaningless in 2021. Here, hang on. Oh, oh, wait. Are we spinning individually? Individually, Chris. Wow. Uh, You can go first if you'd like. Okay, I will. I'm going to spin. I'm turning my speakers down because this makes a lot of noise. I kind of wish the noise was included in the show. I'll see. Let's hold on. It's, Let me. Oh, I can't. It's a, it's was, spinning. You're spinning. I was gonna do a. I was gonna do a do over so we can. It's uh, fine. The PG the era, Matt. You got the PG era, two thousand eight to two thousand thirteen. Okay, so I'm going to think about this while we spin for you. I oh, think that's no. fair. Okay, I guess. Oh come on, ruthless aggression. Come on, Ruthless Aggression or New Generation. Oh, what? Oh, wow. The Cur- current era? What do I do? Oh, no. Wow. Okay. This is tough. I mean, I'm thinking about the PG era is when I got like back weekly into watching wrestling. Um, okay. So you can do that. I can do that. It's just. It is such a, to me, bizarre, typical era of wrestling. Because <laughs> it feels like an era that's so stripped down comparative to like everything that came before it. Man. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Are you going to go first with the PG era? I I, I think I'm going to. I've just got to like come up with something because I had tons of ideas and none of them for PG era. <laughs> Oh no, this is so much tougher than I thought it would be. Here, let's, I'm just going to turn this up so you can hear what it sounds like. The spin is happening right now. This is for nobody. Attitude error. That would have been great. Yeah. That would have been great for yeah. either of us. Would have been great. We didn't get that. All right. PG era wrestler, Chris. I'm thinking about what did wwe embrace at that time they they embraced they, they kind of went back to the roots of a uh, almost golden era type uh muscular man but also kind of taking on indie wrestlers at the same time family how do you friendly. Can, what family friendly family friendly uh yeah family friendly ring of honor essentially uh yep how would you what would you do uh, I'm thinking of a of a character who um, flies off at the handle. Uh, someone who's got like a, a short temper. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this character. Uh, ooh, gotta come. His nickname Short Fuse. <laughs> it's like it's almost like a gimmicky like indie character that somehow made it in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, let's call him uh, like Ricochet. Yeah, kind of like that uh let's go let's go with uh gavin short fuse richards oh okay okay so he's an he's an indie darling and he has made it to wwe uh straight to the mid card baby mm-hmm. and you, if you push him too far he kind of like he hulks up um and gets super angry and will like tear apart the arena if he doesn't get his way uh, not only does he have a short fuse and a short temper, uh, he's got a little bit uh, of a problem if he doesn't get his way of uh, trashing everything. Okay. And uh, now short fuse uh, will never achieve anything higher than the Intercontinental Championship, which he has one run with at the time. And I think that's it. I think that's short fuse. I don't like it, I'll be honest, but that's him. 
That's him. What, like, what, what, what's his attire look like? Oh yeah, of course. Um, being that this is the PG era, he has on. Uh, we're gonna go with light blue, sky blue trunks. Ooh. Um, sky blue uh, boots with those uh, those kick pads. I want to give him a lot of like baby face colors, but he's like a borderline heel because like you can't really get behind liking him. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So he's kind of a tweener, as they say. As, yes, as, a tweener. As the parlance. Yeah, like it's almost like if if Rocky Maivia, the the Rocky Maivia character, had kept going, but never won over the crowd, and he also had a horrible short fuse. Okay. Okay. I like it. I think that's it. Man, I had some good ones for other eras. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> Do you have do you have a promo for uh, short fuse? Um, I, I would like you to go, and then I'm going to come back to the promo. I think it's only oh, wow. fair that okay. we split those two sections up so we both have a little bit of time to figure out what we're doing. All right, Matt. I'm in the. I'm obviously I'm in the current era. Uh, I have I have created an NXT superstar. Perfect. An indie darling turned NXT signee, Jetfire Jeff Farmer. Jeffire Jeff Farmer is uh... full disclosure, Chris. Full <laughs> effing disclosure. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We Go were ahead. on a break. Uh, Why would you do this to me, Matt? Stuff. Why would you do this to me, Matt? Because it's BS. I mean, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm here's what I'm gonna say. Go for it because it's great and I love it. But I do well, want to be transparent and say that while we were on a break, you said well, I'm just gonna put Jeff Farmer in whatever era I get. That is not how I phrased it at all. What I said was. I'm going to do a. I want to do a version of Jeff Farmer, regardless of what era I get. Not. I'm just going to stick him in there. Like, no. I've come up with a character. I came up for a, a ruthless aggression character for Jeff Farmer that I kind of fell in love with, mm-hmm. uh, where I was going to deliver a very dark, very serious uh, uh, promo to Motley Cruz. I can't Anyways. do that because he is now indie darling turned NXT superstar. Jetfire Jeff Farmer, uh, who honestly, when he got signed to NXT, it made all the dirt sheets because he was, he was he he'd done tours in New Japan. He did like he'd done it all. All that was left was signing with either NXT or AEW, and he chose NXT. So in my mind, Jetfire Jeff Farmer, he's called Jetfire because he's so quick. He's not necessarily a high flyer. But he's so quick, not unlike when John Cena darted out of the ring to grab K-Fed and throw him in the ring. Um, and he imagine like a nerdy carrion cross. He's quick, he's powerful, <laughs> but Jetfire Jeff Farmer has poor vision. So he wears those goggle glasses while he's in the ring. Because okay. he doesn't he doesn't want to get he doesn't want to get LASIK because someone told him once upon a time that the lasers in his eyes could give him mutant powers and it scared him. And he's just nerdy enough to believe it. So he, that's it. He, he wears a singlet. His singlet is, uh, it's, it's a black singlet and the, with, but like the design on it looks a lot like the matrix numbers falling down because it's his favorite movie. You know how Kushida has made loving Back to the Future cool for wrestlers? Yeah, exactly. He's going to do that. With like Jeff Fire, Jeff Farmer really wants to do that with the Matrix. So yeah, like he comes out to like a techno theme song. He wears sunglasses and his singlet. Uh, and he's, he's a cool, cool guy. All right. And his special, one of, it's not his special move, but he does do, like there was a while where Trish Stratus, uh, after the Matrix movies came out, she would do the back bend to avoid a kick, and it was like bullet time. He does that. That is that is one of his signature in in ring maneuvers. Perfect. I like it. That's Jeff Fire Jeff Farmer. All right, Chris. I'm going to give you a promo here for Gavin uh, Short Fuse Richards. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hey guys out there, let me just tell you. Gavin Richards coming at you. Some of you call me short fuse. I'm not, I'm not into that. I don't like being called short fuse. I understand, but I'm here. I'm going to be your champion. One, two, three. That's how I pin my opponents. And you know what? If they don't get out of my way, there's going to be trouble for them because I'm coming at you. Just stop calling me. Stop calling me short fuse. Please stop. Stop calling me short fuse. It's kind of offensive. 
Um, it's an anger management issue, and <laughs> I just I don't I don't like being told what I am. I I define myself. I I define who I am. I am gonna be your Intercontinental Champion, then straight to the moon. I'm gonna be WWE Champion, and just stop calling me Shark News. That's it. I can't top that. That's not fair. You ended with screaming. Yeah, it's all red lines. Oh my god. Oh. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the promo I kind of wrote for the character I wanted to make? No, we have to or save it for the just... next. We have to save it okay. for the next edition of Pitch. I don't. I think I'm going to forget it though. That's what I'm scared about. Let's save it or something. Okay. Go ahead. What, what was it? A completely different character? Super different character for Attitude Era. Oh, you. Oh, you wrote out an Attitude Era. Oh no, character I didn't write promo? anything out. I just have like an idea in my head of where it would go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I just tell you really quick? I'm not going to yeah, do. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's. It was going to be um the guy who wrote Val Venus's porns, like the scripts. <laughs> Does he have a name? No, I never got that far. I never because I, I didn't want to like go too far. But his promo was going to open with interior, rustling arena, night. The ring is lit by a candlelight. And myself and two women are laying under a blanket in the middle of the ring. Like, that's how it was going to start. Whoa. <laughs> I, I thought of a good name for him, though. What? Johnny Longfingers. <laughs> I was originally, like, when I was thinking about this, like, it was going to be like, uh, hard bat or something like that like some oh, dumb like hard bat anyway jump in uh jeff farmer's sake promo please jet, jet fire jeff farmer Get i think i put enough right. i think i put enough of a buffer in between them you haven't i'm still so lost okay <clears throat> lights go out in, in the nxt arena at full sail university a single remember you know remember when ricochet had lasers during his entrance yeah that was the best it's that but it's just a green one it's one green laser ring as like a, a rock techno song begins playing the lights come up and standing there in his matrixy singlet is none other than jetfire jeff farmer and that has a microphone in his hands nxt i have arrived my name is Jetfire Jeff Farmer, but you already know that. I am the single greatest thing to ever happen to this puny little wrestling brand, and I don't make time for the quote-unquote NXT superstars. I'm racing right by them, and I'm going straight to the top. That's why I'm coming for you, NXT champion Motley Cruz. I'm faster than you. I'm better than you. I dress like a cool 1999 movie better than you do. And also, I slept with your mother in your face. And then he just drops the mic and walks away. Let me tell you something, Chris. Uh huh. That tag at the end is the most current era thing you could have done. <laughs> right? I'm a great wrestler. Also, I have had coitus with your mother. Yep. I will, I'm not going to lie. That was a last second addition in my mind as it was happening. I was like, hope I'm not pushing this too far. And I was like, nope, this nope. fits the era. Perfect. Um, we're definitely doing this segment again. <laughs> this is this was this is such a weird thing like now i want to i want to obviously point out matt is much more comfortable with improv comedy than i am <laughs> uh he can think quickly on his toes i uh me i'm, I'm working on it i i've told matt i told you before i want to be able to do characters on this show more because mm -hmm. i feel like you always have to carry the weight there uh i hope it's something i get quote unquote better at you do get we'll better. See. I mean, you get better. Like, I mean, getting no. You get better. It doesn't mean I will get better. You'll get better. No, no. I meant you'll get better. Like, I did. I did character work and stand-up comedy for over a decade. Like, I, you know, like did not. Yeah, I have a ten-year head start on you. How dare you? It's offensive. Anyway.
that was Pitch Fest 2000. I'm not gonna lie, you guys might not love that. I kind of loved it. I know I love that was that was weird fun. And also, you know what? Go ahead and send. Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. I want to hear. I want at least one person to pitch us their uh, either PG era or current era superstar idea. If we can find a way to audio record it and put it on the show, I would definitely do that. Yeah, like I, I like the idea of hearing other people's ideas rather than just our ideas. Hit us up, Jacob. <laughs> or D9, I'm calling you, Rob K. <laughs> Rob K, D9000. Jacob. Rob K, just send us a hot dog video <laughs> of your wrestling character. We get so many hot dog videos from Rob K. It's kind of amazing. Hey, and speaking of Rob K, uh, let's go to that mailbag. Oh, Matt, this week we have a question from, let me read this carefully, Rob K. Rob K asks, what are your thoughts on the recent leg slap ban in WWE? Uh, thank you, Matt. You hit your shoulder. That is not your thigh. Uh, also, hi, I'm Rob K. Longtime fan, first time question asker. Uh, Rob, you are, you, you, you keep us very in the loop on your hot dog goings on uh, via Twitter, and mm. I love it. I've actually known Rob for a long time, and I'm glad to know that he's listening to the show. I'm glad to know that anyone's listening to the show. Hey, Rob, you know what you should do? Go leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. Oh, bam, he did it! Your face! Uh, Matt, what do you think about the leg, the, the leg or thigh slap ban in WWE? If, you, if you're not caught up on it, it's this whole thing where WWE has supposedly <clears throat> banned the slapping of legs during kicks and super kicks and whatnot. Uh, Based on the fact that reportedly someone did it so poorly, it made Vince very mad. And this all stems from uh, more than once on his podcast, Jim Ross has ranted about how much he hates it. And now that WWE has banned it, he's backtracking on how much he hates it. Yeah. Um, It's all, it's, it's all whatever. Uh, Matt, what do you think about it? Here's a hot take for you, Chris. I love the leg slap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like it being overused. I think there's a, a time and a place for it in matches, but I feel like, yeah, they're slapping their leg, but also it adds realism to the match. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I like hearing that sound. I don't mm-hmm. like hearing it so much during a Young Bucks match where I feel like it's every three seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, I feel like I'm being kind of mean on the, U, the new Bucks. They do it a lot, though. They do The new Bucks? Is that what you called them? The Young Bucks, the new Bucks. Oh God, I'm losing my well, mind. Well, he, well, here's what I'll say: you're not. While you might think you're being mean, you're not wrong. Like, like the Young Bucks have taken the super kick and just made it like an interstitial move that they can throw in mm, over and punch, over again, though. anywhere, every time. It's a punch to them or a, a chop. And yes, that means we get a lot of leg slaps. Uh, I don't mind them. Like the leg slap doesn't bother me. Yeah. If it's a good match, I'm invested in the good match, not how high someone's hand is from their thigh when they slap it. I don't care. And I love that sound. Like it's, it's the same reason you like hearing a chop in a match or someone chop another person. Yeah. So like every time I hear a leg slap from now on, I'm going to go, woo. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Do I think it should be banned? No, I think that's kind of silly. Um, but also uh, since that, that supposed ban has taken place, like I've seen super kicks and it still sounds like they're slapping their thigh. They're just being more covert about it. Good. So it's fine. Who yeah. cares? That, that like, honestly, here's my hot take on most wrestling things, Matt. Who cares? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's wrestling. Just let wrestling be wrestling. And, and if, and it, so often it becomes a like, well, back in the day, this is how it was. Well, guess what? Back in the day was decades ago. That's not the way it is anymore. Yes, some high spot matches can become a little tedious because it just keeps going. But like a well-built, well-executed high spot match is a blast. Uh, those the big, big moves that don't end the match are a blast. Like if 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 it's just not real enough, then like why are we okay with Shane McMahon jumping off Hell in a Cell through a table? Constantly. That does that's not <laughs> realistic. That would kill a human being in the real world. And this is where you and I differ because I am not the biggest fan of high spot matches because I feel like it takes away from selling and it takes away from storytelling in the ring. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can appreciate them for what they are, but like, I just yeah. can't be like, super duper pumped about a high spot match. Oh no, no, no. Like, yes, that, that, that is essentially where I fall in line. Like I'll watch it and I can admire like, wow, there's a lot of really interesting choreography and work going on in this match. And the amount of it, time there, you have there, to do, have to do that stuff is incredible. Yeah. But like, they're, they're never, those are never so like, those aren't story focused matches. Like when I, like, as I've, as I've mentioned before, I used to go to PWG a lot for wrestling gorilla in Los Angeles back when we could go outdoors and for so many years a lot of pwg shows opened with like a big like six or eight man tag match filled with lots of high spots and that was sort of the like setting the table for the night getting everybody pumped up and amped up and cheering and then they got into the big like the the big story matches for the show like that to me is sort of a, a a a nice perfect mix of like this is how we're oh this is like the opening act the opening act is craziness, and then we're going to follow it with a bunch of hard-hitting, well-told stories. That's why, would, in my opinion, WWE show kickoff shows for a long time were cruiserweight matches. Yeah. You put on those crazy cruiserweight matches, which you many times were match of the night if you're talking about just a match, mm-hmm. and that gets you pumped for the rest of the show. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I <laughs> we've, we've really strayed far from the leg slap thing. Yeah, it's but, just become yeah, a, like, it's... Yeah. it's that is something that goes hand in hand with the new generation. If what if leg slaps had been banned in the '90s when Shawn Michaels was delivering the sweet chin music to everyone? Does that move get over as much? I don't think so. Was he doing them? I don't even know. No, he's very covert about it. Yeah. Anyway, re- wrestling changes, and it's fine that it changes, and it's fine that you love the era that you love. Um, but that but your that opinion mean that current era is bad. No, and and your opinion of that era doesn't move the needle it doesn't matter who you are nope 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 nope. appreciate what you love and ignore what you hate i mean that's is easy i don't watch death matches that's not my thing i don't like them i don't even not even the amazing over the top super realistic and believable aew explosion match i didn't watch that pay-per-view at all because i i'll be honest i don't want to pay a bunch of money for pay-per-views that's fair i already have peacock i already had the wwe network like yeah why should I? I'm not going to pay third. It's it's put them on HBO Max, baby, dude. Yeah, it's 2021, man. Incorporate into a streaming service. Yeah, pay-per-views are a thing of the past. Like 50 bucks is mm, too much. Also, anyway. UFC. <laughs> hey, UFC with your ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus only package. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, hot take, Elfring coming through. Too spicy. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for that question, Rob K. I don't ban things. It's fine. I mean, ban pilot, like you can ban most pile drivers because they're not healthy. But yeah, let's calm down. Yeah. Hey, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Wrestle Buddies. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, Chris, what are your final words for the week? I kind of like Popo Zao. Yeah. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week. <laughs>